Last week, um, last week we started talking about New Testament sacrifices. New Testament sacrifices, and we talked specifically about tithes and offerings. That those are sacrifices that we do in the New Testament era that is still pleasing to God. God is still pleased by those. I, I think I showed that those are still biblical. Uh, they do not save you. They do not save anybody. And uh, sadly, people today are, you know, we're so used to everything being easy with technology. I mean, you know, nowadays, if I, if I want to get direction somewhere, you know, when we were on, my wife and I went away for our anniversary, we went to a Cold Stone Creamery. I'd never been to a Cold Stone Creamery before. Anybody ever been to one of those? Man, they have good ice cream. I mean, it is really good. And so, I mean, we went there two days in a row, and it's expensive, but man, it's worth it. And I wanted to take the kids there, and so I was was like, I wonder if we have one of those around us. And so I was at home, and I just pulled out my cell phone, said, okay, Google, I need directions to the nearest Cold Stone Creamery. And sure enough, the thing came up and had directions 51 miles from my house. And uh, so we went and tried that. You know, we went, we went there and it was really good. And, uh, you know, we have those things and it's wonderful and everything is so easy. You know, I remember when you were going to, uh, if you wanted to find out how to get somewhere, you had to go look at a map. You had to look at an atlas. And when my wife and I first got married, we went to New York City with nothing to guide us but an atlas. And let me tell you, that was a miserable failure. And, uh, boy, did we get lost and, uh, I hate I hate New York. I hate everybody from New York. No, I'm just kidding. I'm saying that because we got folks here from New York. But uh, no, I, but I do. I hate driving out there, and I will never go out there again without a GPS because it's hard. And but we are things are so easy with technology. We've decided that Bible study should be just as easy. And if I if I want to figure out something about the Bible, all I can do I can ask myself and okay Google. How do I get to heaven? Or Surrey, if you're an iPhone person. Hey, Surrey, you know, how do I get to heaven? And the truth is, when it comes to many doctrinal things, if you go and you Google it, you're not going to get the right answer. Because I don't know if you all realize this, not everything on the Internet's true. I know I just shocked all of you there, but not everything on the internet's true. Not everything on YouTube is is true. There's a lot of people out there that are, you know, they. I guess we've got our sermons on YouTube. There's an exception right there. You know, that's all true. But, but you know, there's but there's a lot more people lying on there than telling the truth. And if you go and you search for a subject on YouTube, my videos aren't going to be the first ones that pop up. Okay, it's going to. And the truth is, in a lot of subjects. The, and I do sometimes just for fun. If I was just ordinary Joe Blow out there and I wanted to know and I went on YouTube or I went on Google and searched for the truth on a certain subject, what would come up? And, if, and I've done that before. And you will find out that most of the time it is absolute lies that come up. And many preachers today are buying into some things that are very, very popular on the Internet right now. If you search for these subjects, I mean, it, it will come up so fast. These things are lies. And Baptist preachers are falling for these things. And not only have people thrown tithing out, and if you go on the Internet, you can find all kinds of excuses and help for throwing tithing out. You're not going to if you just go to the Bible. Uh, but not only that, but just basic goodness... Keeping the commandments of God. There are so many people and even Baptist preachers buying into this idea, you know what, we don't need to worry about keeping any of the laws. Jesus Christ took care of all that. 
You know, when God looks at you, all He can see is Jesus. So basically, who are we to tell you not to do something? Or who are we to tell you to go to church? Who are we to tell you to do anything good? And let me tell you, folks, that is perverting the Bible so bad it's not even funny. And I want to show you Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. We're going to look at a few passages we looked at last week, just to remind you. But it says in verse 15, "...by Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually." That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name, but to do good and to communicate. Which we talked about last week, that's talking about giving. It says, uh, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. All right? And the one we're going to look at today that it mentions is to do good. All right? To do good. To, for, when you do good today, when you do good works, it's a sacrifice. And let me tell you, it pleases God. Now listen, don't mistake me here. It doesn't save you. Nobody gets saved by doing good works. I am not saying that. The Bible never says that anywhere. Salvation is definitely free, but there are other... Okay, goodness. Okay, That is something that we get rewarded for that. Many times, and I've said this before, many times we act like we owe God for our salvation. But if we owed God, then that would mean it wasn't free for us, wouldn't it? If salvation was a free gift, then how can we... And then we owe God, then it was not free. If I give you a gift and I say this is for free, but then I send you a bill in the mail, that was not a free gift, was it? And I've got those things before, by the way, from these companies that send you all these things for free. And then they tell you basically, you know, use these, but then you have to send it back after a month or, you know, we're going to send you this bill, and it's like basically, but they started out like it's free. And it's like, you know, if I have to pay for it at any time, it's not free. So don't tell me it's free. You know, hey, try our, you know, diet supplements, and you'll get 30 days for free. All right? But the thing is, you know, it's not really free because a lot of times if you don't, you know, the first month's free if you continue on with those things. And you know, there's all those scams out there. And let me tell you, God's not into scams, okay? He doesn't do that. If He says salvation's free, it's free today, and it will still be free tomorrow. You're not getting a bill later. Look at what Matthew chapter 19, verse 27 says. Matthew 19, verse 27, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Lord, what are we going to get because we have forsaken all and we followed you? And Jesus said unto them, nothing. You're lucky you're even saved. You you ought to be in hell with your back broken. Is that what it says? No. Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed Me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, ye also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for My name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that be first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Y'all see that? God said, you give up something for Me, you're going to receive a hundredfold. Not here on earth, okay? I don't get to do a Robert Tilton message, alright, and tell y'all, you know, y'all give... Ten dollars in the offering day, you know, God's going to give you a thousand later. You know, I, that's not what it's talking about. Okay, but in the regeneration, in His kingdom, after His return, okay, right now the things we do, the things we give, they are sacrifices, and they are well pleasing to God. And we need to, and we ought to do these things. It doesn't save us. 
Okay, we looked at last week in Hebrews how it says, you know, if, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there is no more sacrifice for sins. We'll look at more of that in a little bit. In other words, hey, you're just in trouble. Jesus paid for your sins on the cross. Okay, that's all taken care of. If we sin now on this earth, we just get in trouble for it on this earth. Not in heaven, not in eternity, but on earth. Okay, and we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But let's talk about the sacrifice of goodness. He said, "All right, to do good, don't forget to do good with such sacrifices. God is well pleased." Just because salvation is not of works does not mean that God does not want us to be good. It does not mean He does not want us to obey the commandments of the Old and the New Testament. God wants us doing good. And look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, what it says. It says, For this cause also, or we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now listen, folks, I am not even going to scratch the surface and on you know covering the Scriptures that talk about how even in this New Testament era, after we're saved, that we should do good. Okay, I mean, I'm barely going to touch it but compared to what's actually in there. But it's very clear here that God wants us increasing in knowledge. He wants us to be studying the Bible, learning more about what it is that pleases Him and what displeases Him. So we will walk worthy. Okay, Not worthy of salvation. That's not what it said. Okay, But walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Okay, We ought to want to please God. And it is. It's a sacrifice. Okay? Even though you're saved today, you still have that old nature, don't you? Has anybody in here besides me wanted to sin in the past 24 hours? Okay, Why do you do that? Because you still have the old man, don't you? Okay, But you know what? When you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I am going to give up what I want. I am going to give up what my flesh wants. Maybe your flesh wanted some extra sleep this morning, but you said, you know what? No, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give my time to the Lord. I'm going to go and I'm going to meet with His people today. I'm going to come to church and I'm going to sing praises. I'm going to listen to His Word. Hey, it's a sacrifice. You all are giving up some of your time to be here. When you study your Bible, you could be laying around watching TV, playing video games. Okay, That's what your flesh wants. But you know what? You say, no, I'm going to give this time to learning more about the Word of God. So I, Because I want to please the Lord. You know what you're doing? You're sacrificing. It doesn't save you. You can read your Bible from now till you die. It will not get you into heaven. But when you sacrifice things, it pleases God. And we ought to be learning more and more about what pleases Him. Because see, when we do not please God, there is earthly punishment. Go back to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. See, this idea that, and, and this idea that, you know, God doesn't care what we do anymore, that, you know, we don't need to worry about Old Testament laws and things. Listen, that makes no sense. And people will take a few verses out of Hebrews out of context to get that. But look what it says here in Hebrews. We covered this passage last week, but I want to get in a little more detail this week. It says in verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them 
After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. See, God forgot our sins and iniquities. He's not going to remember them. Nothing's going to happen. If you all sin, y'all are fine. God's not going to do anything. He, all He can see is Jesus. Well, let's keep reading. And, and now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised... Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And once again, Jesus Christ already paid for your sins. Okay, And if you think that when you sin... You can just make up for it by doing some good thing by doing a sacrifice. All right, I, I sinned this week. I ripped off my neighbor twenty bucks. So you know what? I want God's blessing on my life. So I'm going to give forty dollars to the church today. No, you don't get to sacrifice. You don't do a sacrifice for your sins. Uh, I, I skipped church this week, so I'm going to read my Bible double this week. You're going to do a sacrifice to make up for... There's no more sacrifice for sins. Jesus paid the sacrifice and people do. Christians will do that. I've heard them, you know, it's like they know they, they'll make plans to do something that they know is wrong and then they talk about how they're going to make up for it. You can't make up for your sins, folks. Jesus Christ paid for your sins. Okay? And if you sin willfully after you receive the knowledge of the truth, okay, look at verse 27 but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite under the Spirit of grace. Say, so, hey, it's going to be worse for you that know better. Hey, you all are in trouble. Does this mean we're going to hell? No. Look at verse 30. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongs unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Folks, if, even if you are saved today, understand you are God's children, you are his people, and for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. It is a fearful thing, even for a Christian, to fall into the hands of a living God. God will deal with you when you displease Him. Okay, how many children have ever said the phrase? Maybe you as a child, you said that phrase, if I do that, my dad will kill me. Okay? Why, why were you saying... Now, did your dad ever literally kill you? For anything you did, okay? Obviously, you didn't because you're still here today. But why do they sit? Because they know this will displease my father greatly. This will displease my mother greatly. And so children fear their parents. And you know what? It is appropriate 
And it just makes perfect sense for us as God's children to fear Him when we sin. When you're out there doing something that you know you shouldn't do, you ought to be scared. You ought to fear. I mean, if you go out there as a child of God and you go and you get drunk tonight, you ought, and you start driving home, you're drinking and you ought to just think, I'm dead meat. I'm going to die in an accident. I mean, that ought to be your attitude. God is not going to appreciate this. God is not going to be pleased with me right now. I'm in trouble. You ought to be scared as a child of God when you do things that you know you shouldn't do. I'm telling you right now, I like going fishing. I went fishing a couple times this week with the boys. But you know, I'd be scared to go fishing on a Sunday when I'm supposed to be in church. I'm telling you, if I had a boat, I'd be sure that thing was going to spring leak and I was going to drown if I went fishing on a Sunday. Why? Do you think everybody that goes fishing on a Sunday ought to drown? No. But I think I would. Because I know better. Okay? And my Father in heaven is not going to appreciate that. Hey, the rest of the world, they can, they're going to keep doing what they do and nothing's going to happen to them. They're not God's children. Okay? We are God's children. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, you know, the Bible talks about fearing God. And I do. I do fear God. I'm scared to death sometimes. <laughs> and that's appropriate. And that ought to be your attitude. Okay? It's, it, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. How harsh is God when it comes to dealing with us? Hey, look at Matthew chapter 7. Well-known passage of Scripture. Very well-known passage of Scripture. It says, "...Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again." Now, why would we be judged if God doesn't judge us? Okay, No, God does judge us. God does deal with us. How does He deal with us? The way we deal with other people. Well, what if we ask for forgiveness? Well, He forgives us the way we forgive other people, doesn't He? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God forgives us. He treats us the way we treat other people. Why? Because God does. God deals with His children. And... Yet people today are teaching this idea that nope, God does not care. Nothing's going to be done. It's all under the blood. And let me tell you, as far as your eternal soul is concerned, that is true. But here on planet earth, folks, there is still judgment. God still will deal with you on this earth. There's, there's no way around that. Look at what 1 John chapter 5 says. Let's, cause, I'm not, I don't like to be one of these people that every time somebody disagrees with me, I go around saying they're not saved. But I, what, I won't say that people who think this aren't saved. All right, but maybe the Bible will. All right, let's, let's see if the Bible says I'll let the Bible say that all the time. But by, it says in verse 2, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. And His for. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. Now, this is the main thing that's being taught. People are teaching that when we promote goodness, when we promote you know, going to church, you know, giving tithes, doing the Ten Commandments, okay, keeping Old Testament laws that God did not do away with. God did away with the Levitical law. He completed it. He finished it. It's done. Okay? We don't do the Levitical law, the ceremonial things. We do not sacrifice animals. 
there are things that the New Testament specifically says is finished. Okay, But the moral law, God never did away with those things. In fact, you'll see many of the moral laws repeated in the New Testament over and over again. Okay, But people are teaching that going to church that we're you know, t- you know, promoting going to church, we're putting burdens on people. We're bringing them into bondage. Telling people they need to tithe. Telling people they need to live moral, clean lives. We're bringing them back into bondage. Well, wait a minute. You see, I have never in my life seen these things as bondage. Like I said last week, I, it, it's never, ever bothered me tithing. I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed giving to the work of the Lord. I, I didn't know. I didn't realize I was in bondage because I go to church all the time. I've always enjoyed going to church. I've always enjoyed being around the people of God. I've always enjoyed witnessing. I've always. I enjoy being able to tell people about Jesus. I enjoy acting like a Christian. I enjoy looking like a Christian. I've always enjoyed it. I have never had a problem with these things, but yet people are calling it bondage. Why is that? The Bible says His commandments are not grievous. And I can say from experience that that is true. I enjoy keeping the commands of God. Now, there have been times, and there are many times, when things definitely go against my nature. But whenever I end up submitting to the Spirit and I I do what God wants me to do, I'm always glad later. I mean, haven't anybody ever done something in the flesh and you regretted it later? Maybe you told somebody off that you, you know, maybe you didn't really deserve. Maybe they did deserve it, but you still felt bad later, didn't you? Why? Because you know that's not what a Christian should do. You regret these things, but when you're obedient, okay? There have been many times where I've kept my mouth shut when I really wanted to open it, and I felt terrible at that time. I was like. I should have told them this. I should have told them that. But you know what? A day or two later after I've calmed down, I was always like, Lord, thank You for keeping my mouth shut. Lord, thank You. You know, the truth is, His commandments are not grievous. But that's for someone who's saved. For a lost person, <clears throat> His commandments are going to be grievous. His commandments are going to be bondage to a lost person. And I'm afraid these people that are teaching this idea that no, we don't have to worry about doing anything. We don't have to keep any commandments. You know, if you're saved, you're fine. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. These commandments are bondage. I'm sorry. That type of thing that was bondage, it was things specifically like the sacrifices, like the circumcision, those things that we literally could not do things that we were not capable of because of the fact that we weren't Jewish, many of them. Okay? And all of these things, too, being good, nowhere in the Bible does it teach, nowhere do anybody I know that believes the truth teach that you have to do these things to be saved. We do these things because we want to please God. And I don't know about you, but most of the time I enjoy it. And even the times I don't enjoy it, later I'm always glad when I obey it. I'm always glad when I did the right when I do the right thing. I'm always glad. Why his commandments are not grievous. I've never had regrets that I did the right thing later. Never have. At the time it wasn't fun. At the time it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I always was glad when I was obedient. I've always been glad when I did the right thing. And there's a lot of young people that grow up in church 
that have followed the laws of God, mostly because their parents made them, and then they're getting older and they're getting away from all these things and they look at all the rules and things that Christians you know, teach and promote and they look at it as bondage. And I just have to ask myself, maybe the problem is they've never been born again. Because for those who are born again, the Bible says they are not grievous. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. If our life is difficult, okay, it's because we're fighting against the will of God, okay? It's because we're going against, we're pulling against Christ. If we're working with Him, His yoke's going to be easy. And we know we're doing right. We know we're pulling with Him when we are keeping His commandments. That's how we know that we love Him. If we keep His commandments, the Bible says. But yet, people want to throw these things out, and I believe that's only a problem for those who aren't saved. And if you're not saved, going to church is going to be a huge chore for you. Giving, doing good, all these things are going to be a huge chore and an inconvenience. But let me tell you something. In all my experience and people people I've known, it's a joy serving the Lord. It's a joy following the commandments of God. It is only grievous for those... Who are not saved. So, what is it these people want? You know, why, why do they? Why are people teaching this? Why are they promoting this? And I believe that the reason is because everybody wants to be saved from the consequences of sin. But most people today, and once again, everything is so easy today. Technology is easy. You know, cooking's easy. I mean, man, you can just pop stuff in the microwave, can't you? Got all this instant everything, and everybody wants easy instant religion and they want saved they want to know they're going to heaven but nobody wants to quit sinning they want to keep their sins look at 1 John chapter 3 what it says 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 beloved now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be okay why doesn't it appear what we shall be we're still in our sinful bodies aren't we okay it doesn't appear one of these days we're going to be like Christ we're not there yet but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man, every man, okay? What does every mean? It means every, right? Okay. Every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. Okay? If you have that hope that one of these days you're going to be like Christ, you're going to start working on it right now. Okay? Why? Because, you know, my wife, when. Me and her got engaged. She was not my wife yet. But she knew one of these days she was going to be my wife. And so you know what? She wasn't dating other guys during that time. Why? She knew she wasn't my wife yet. But the thing is, she knew that she was going to be my wife. And so, there was no dating other guys. There would have been a huge problem otherwise. And it's like, we as Christians, we believe one of these days we're going to be like Christ. So we're supposed to start acting like it right now. We're supposed to start working on it right now. We're not supposed to go flirting with the devil. We're not supposed to go flirting with other religions, false religions, getting involved in these things. Hey, we are espoused to Christ. We are going to be married to Him one of these days. We're going to be like Him one of these days. Therefore, we start working on it right now. But people today, they don't want to change anything. They want to keep living like a devil. you got 
you know, people that are shacking up with each other, you know, living a fornicating or adulterous lifestyle, and they and they come into a church, they want to join a church and all this stuff, and you tell them, no, that's not going to work in this. Oh man, that legalistic, that judgmental church, you know, not letting us join just because we're shacking up together, living in fornication, even though the Bible says, let that not be once named among you as become a saint, and that just happens to be in the New Testament. People, they don't want to change anything. They want to just keep on living wicked. And I'm telling you right now, if you want that so bad, why did you even want Jesus to save you? I mean, isn't He supposed to save us from our sin? Well, why would we ask Him to save us from our sin and then complain when He tries changing us and getting us to stop sinning? That doesn't make sense. I'm wondering if these people even really wanted to get saved in the first place. I think everybody wants to go to heaven, but not everybody. But nobody wants to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't want to. They don't want to admit that they're a sinner. They want to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Look at what Jude says. Now, all right, lasciviousness. That's just basically like animal lust. All right, pretty much just they want to go completely off what the flesh wants and what the flesh wants to do. I mean, everything today, it's all about pleasing the flesh. Church is about pleasing the flesh. The music in the church, what pleases the flesh? What makes me happy? What can make me have fun? What can we do in church to make church fun? Wanting to please the flesh. And the Bible says in Jude 1, verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. And this crowd that's out there too, that's teaching, y'all don't have to worry about keeping any laws. Don't, you know, just rip the Old Testament out of your Bible. You don't have to follow any of those things. You know, forget the Ten Commandments. They all love talking about grace. It's all grace, 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 grace. Oh, it's all grace. That's turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. The Bible said that was going to happen. They crept into the church unawares. Okay? And churches for years have done a very good job of marking these people and throwing them out of churches. But now, they're all over the internet. Okay, You can't keep them off the internet. They're all over on YouTube and all that. And preachers today are lazy and they're getting all their information from these guys on the internet. And it's coming back into churches as a result of this. Look what it says in verse 5. Okay, because these two, they're saying, you know, it's all about God's grace. God's not going to judge you for your sin. God's not going to punish you. God wouldn't do anything to you. Okay? So in this teaching, it's not really new. It was around in Jude's day. Look what it says in verse 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. Let y'all think that God's not going to deal with sin. Y'all think that God doesn't really care. Well, let me remind you of something, alright? I'm going to put you in remembrance. You once knew this. How the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. 
even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Okay, they're like they're like animals, okay? And let me tell you something, people today, there's just no moral restraint out there anymore. Just no moral restraint. People have this attitude, whatever they want to do, that is what they're going to do. Whatever they feel like at the moment, listen, that's what animals do. Okay? Y'all want to know how an animal operates from day to day? Okay? Anybody ever seen an animal out there with a schedule? Alright? You know, they, they don't have schedules, do they? They don't have a written schedule somewhere about you know, when they're going to eat, when they're going to sleep. What do animals do all day? Whatever they feel like at that moment, don't they? Whatever they're feeling at that moment, that is what they're going to do. Animals don't go to school. Okay? They have to learn. You know, they don't go to church. They don't, they don't do any of those things. An animal just does whatever it feels like doing at that moment. They don't have police guiding them in their life. They don't have judges ruling over them. If an animal does something it shouldn't do, it doesn't go to court. There's no prisons. For animals, well, unless you want to count the dog pound or something like that. But, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't have that. They do whatever they feel like doing at that moment. And let me tell you, that is our society today. Whatever they feel like doing, that is what they're going to do. They're like brute beasts. Like animals. I mean, just people today that literally just lay around and do nothing. I mean, grown men, they won't go out there in work, they won't go out and get a job. I mean, just lay around, watch TV, play video games, eating Doritos, drinking soda. I mean, it's, it's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Woe unto them. For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth uh, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of His saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. And what does it mean to be ungodly? Well, to be ungodly would be doing things that God wouldn't do. Well, what would God do? What would God not do? We find out in God's Word. We find out in His commandments how we are to be like Him, what pleases Him. And yet, we have people today that are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, telling people, throw out these laws, throw out the goodness. Hey, you shouldn't have to do that. Man, that's an inconvenience for you. That's a sacrifice for you. Hey, God already sacrificed for your sins. You don't have to do any sacrifices. You don't have to do any sacrifices to save your soul. But, 
to please God. God is pleased with sacrifices to do good and to communicate with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. People do. They want to sin without any fear of consequence. But Jude just gave example after example. Man, God even punished the angels that sinned. God deals with sin. And since since I'm saved, I'm going to heaven no matter what. So, what do I have to lose by living in sin now? Because I agree, if you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. There's no two ways about that. But let me tell you, if you sin, you'll, you can, if you live a life in sin, you will live a life of judgment and misery. Okay? God took away eternal punishment, not earthly punishment. We showed several examples and I didn't even scratch the surface. There are earthly, there is still earthly punishment for a believer. You still have this flesh and it needs to be dealt with on a regular basis. God will deal with His children for whom the Lord loveth. He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. If you live in sin, you will lose your rewards that you could have gained. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 15 real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 15 says, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Do you all see that? When we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, our works are going to be tested by the fire. And if our works are burned, the Bible says we suffer loss. Okay? You will still go to heaven. He Himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. There are many people that are going to enter into heaven with no rewards. And that's suffering loss, the Bible says. That is a consequence of sin. Not living a life for God. Living a life in sin. You will lose any influence you could have had to bring others to salvation. Good luck living like the devil and winning people to Christ. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to want to hear what you have to say. Listen, we God did save us. Okay, if you're saved today, God saved you from eternal damnation. You're not going to go to hell. Yes, you don't owe God anything, but boy, don't you want to please him? Don't you want to do something for him? Wouldn't you like to volunteer? Hey, if the if your house was on fire and the fire department, Rock Falls Fire Department came out and they saved you, the firemen came and they pulled you out of your house, they saved your life, and they were maybe looking for some volunteer opportunities. Wouldn't you enjoy giving something back to a group that saved your life? Yeah, you know how many's ever got a bill from the fire department because they saved your life? They don't do that, do they? They And the truth is, it only would make sense to want to give something back to those people. And it only makes sense to want to sacrifice, offer sacrifices to God. Not to save it. It would be insulting to God for you to do a sacrifice to save yourself. You would basically be saying what Jesus did wasn't enough. You'd be saying, you're saying, yeah, what Jesus did on the cross, that wasn't enough to save me. I've got to do my own sacrifice. Boy, you are, you're, you're insulting Christ by doing that. But when you do a sacrifice just out of love for God, the Bible says He's pleased with that. He is well pleased. 
Last week we talked about the church that gave that offering to Paul. Paul said it was an offering, a sweet smelling. It was a sweet smelling savor to God, a sacrifice of a sweet smelling savor. These things please God. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you know, I hope we're not going to be a church full of people that could just really care less about pleasing God. I would like for us to be an assembly of people that want to please God. I hope we're all saved. You all still go to heaven, but I hope we want to be more than that. I hope we want to be pleasing to God. I hope you all will sacrifice. You will give the sacrifice of goodness. Since you are saved and you know one of these days you're going to be like Christ, I hope you'll start making an effort right now. The Bible says every man that hath that hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Start sacrificing to God. Give up some of that junk that you've had in your life. Some of those sins that you've held on to since you've been saved that you knew better. You've been taking advantage of the grace of God. Say, you know what? I'm giving up that sin. I heard a story one time. A lady came up to the altar and said, Pastor, I'm going to lay my tongue on the altar. This lady had a real gossip problem. I'm sacrificing. I'm giving it up. The pastor just said, "That's fine, but I don't know if our altar's long enough." <laughs> and you know, we ought to be willing to give up some things. Say, Lord, all right, you are not pleased with this, so I'm going to give it up. You can you can go to heaven. Hey, y'all. I don't want to pick on your sins, but whatever your sin is, if it's still if you all hang on to it, you'll still go to heaven. But you know what? I'd like to see. I know God would like to see you sacrifice that and say, you know what? I don't need this anymore. This isn't pleasing God. I want to please Him. So I'm going to sacrifice this thing. I'm giving it up just out of love for Him. And boy, when you do that, God will be pleased with that. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together. New Testament sacrifice of goodness. Doing good. 